1: relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 131. And in this episode, we are throwing it back to 1960 or 1959, depending on where you were when this came out. But this actually released in Italy in 1960. So I believe it's just 1960, but I kept seeing 59 thrown around when I was looking it up, but we're going to say 1960 for all (laughs) intents and purposes. This film is called Black Sunday or the mask of the demon or the mask of Satan, but that was a translational thing. So the film was actually called Black Sunday and that's what you'll find it as. And it is also available on Shudder for those of you that have Shudder and that's where you can find it as well. It is a black and white film from the 60s. And it actually feels to me a little bit older than that because it is an Italian Gothic horror film. I don't know. It did feel almost like the cusp of like the 40s and 50s meeting to me.
0: No, definitely. As I was watching it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is what I've needed in my horror life for a while." I need to go back in time to you know Frankenstein time. And then I'm like, "Wait, this is only in the 60s." I kept like checking the di- the year. I was like, "Are you sure?"
1: Yeah, it was almost like I feel like I'm watching the wrong movie, and we're gonna go to record. And I just watched <laughs> the whole wrong thing. Right, but- exactly. It's a full length film, but it feels like one of those shorter, you know, like shorter films from like the 40s, 50s because Mm -hmm. of the black and white nature and it just the way that they speak. It is actually dubbed, which is interesting because it doesn't feel like that or even look like it, except some points of the film. Their lips don't quite line up with the English that is being spoken, but they do speak English. It's just that... It, it wasn't – because you can tell that they're speaking English. It's just – it was weird. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on.
0: Yes. Actually, in my trivia, I, I saw that, and it was interesting to me because I kept l- watching it going – Because it said right in the beginning, dubbed. And I was like, okay, okay. So I I see what I'm getting myself into. And then you watch it and you're like, no, I see that guy just said that English word. I see his mouth moving that way. And then when I looked it up in trivia, basically what they said is it was done in English, but these were Italian actors and their accents were so thick sometimes that you couldn't hear them. So they had to redub it.
1: Which is so interesting because you could definitely tell they were speaking English. It was just sometimes it wouldn't line up perfectly with the English dub so it was like I I know that's what you just said but it's not what it sounds like so they did get English actors to dub over this to make it sound right yeah exactly which is interesting but it this I really I'd never heard of this film so where where did this come from
0: Once again, from my, you know, scariest movie moments on Bravo, I had always wanted to watch this film, and I had never gotten around to it. In fact, this film is done by Mario Bava, who is, and he is one of those great horror directors, and sadly to say, I have not seen a lot of his stuff, so I really wanted to put it on the list, and even more interesting this was actually his directorial debut this film so that was pretty cool as one of the scariest you know movies of all time so I don't know I'm glad I finally got around to watching it it I I liked it it just wasn't as good as or scary as I thought it was going to and maybe that's just because I'm jaded from you know all this horror we always watch now
1: right and then some things that like he is one of the great horror directors but he's done things that where if you're not a major major horror fan you're not really going to know his stuff the witch's curse the girl who knew too much black sabbath blood and black lace is probably one of those bigger titles that you've heard of so just just kind of throwing some things out there that you may have heard of a bay of blood some you know so mm-hmm. lisa and the devil shock inferno so that's some of the things that he's been known for and then some earlier a lot of his earlier stuff is foreign language films so he he's been active or he was active starting in 1937 oh my goodness he just started out as a camera assistant and then as you work your way down you see special effects and then you see him getting more into like leading directing and writing and yeah cinematography and you know stuff like that so
0: that's he was very cool.
1: Yeah. And he was active all the way up until 1998 when he did, he was an uncredited cinematographer for a film called Rabid Dogs. So,
0: yeah. dang.
1: And he had influenced directors like Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino. So, and oh, Tarantino.
0: Like there's so much stuff on on the trivia. I didn't even write it all down, but there were so many things. Like there's a churchyard scene where we first meet our princess, and she's holding to like I mean they they look like demon dogs. They're Dobermans.
1: They're,
0: thank you. They're Dobermans, and that church scene the Omen director actually tried to recreate that scene for his film. And there were a few movies like that where people really tried to take from this movie because they loved it so much. I mean, this was Tim Burton's favorite film, favorite horror film. So a lot of people love this movie.
1: And you can definitely like those influences are all throughout this film. I even made comments on just the castle or, or wherever they lived this like gothic almost like palace that they lived in it was stunning and it was there were so many characteristics of just I mean these classic horror elements like a gargoyle fireplace that
0: right yeah
1: was essentially like a hidden hallway and things just like it's almost like a scooby-doo like house but like very creepy
0: yes I actually have two comments on that one being so this was actually the set was done in monochrome. This wasn't just filmed in black and white. It was the set was done in monochrome to give it that gloomy feeling, which that is such a cool artistic approach to something. I loved that. I'm not sure how this worked out so much and I'd love to know more about it but I did remember hearing in Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments Guillermo del Toro talks about this movie and how he was so good at setting up his miniatures so now I'm sitting here I I kept watching the film going is that a miniature what about that because everything looked so good and so realistic I couldn't even tell
1: Because when you go back to film, a film like Frankenstein, where they they did use set miniatures, especially in the 30s and 40s, when you couldn't just do a ton of special effects, everything had to Mm -hmm. be very practical. The miniatures are well done, but you can, if you are looking for them, tell. If you're not, you can probably get away with not really noticing. But if you're specifically looking for the miniatures that they made, you can pick them out. Here, I feel like that would be very difficult because of the artistic approach that he took.
0: Exactly. I think this was incredibly well done in the background, especially just all the details that he did.
1: And this film isn't inherently, like, horrifying or anything, but they did a lot of things where, especially for an early 1960s film, because you have to remember, we weren't even flushing toilets until this year in film, right? Right. So, it was especially, in my opinion, started out kind of brutal, and we didn't... Oh, yeah. I mean, again, we just did the 100 Years of Horror series last year, so we saw a lot of film. And granted, we didn't do like, I mean, we did do a lot of foreign because it started out that way. We didn't just start out in the 20s in the United Mm -hmm. States with film, but we saw an evolution of violence, essentially. And it didn't really, it was very subtle up until about the 70s, really. Even in Psycho, there was murder, but it wasn't like Stabbing, <laughs> and yeah, there was some black and white blood running down the shower, and that's really all you got. Now, this started out this is a movie about a witch, and they kill a witch in the beginning, which I'll talk about in just a second. We'll kind of go through the plot, but they kill a witch in the beginning, and she is part of basically the family that condemns her. One specific brother, basically ends her Mm -hmm. life and she curses them for basically their entire lineage (laughs) and yeah and they want to cleanse her with fire and if they are successful in doing that it will also cleanse her soul so that curse will not live on but they fail to do so because she makes it rain because she literally it's not like where you know she's a falsely accused witch no she's like the real (laughs) deal she has a deal with satan so satan and herself make it rain they cannot cleanse her with fire and so this curse is intact but in order to kill her they don't just burn her because obviously that didn't work so they have to kill her Prior to burning her. What they do is they have this mask. And another reason this film is also. You'll see it as the mask of the demon. Or the mask of Satan. I believe is what it says right when you start watching it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They have this. Metal type of. Steel mask. And it's got. It's like a medieval torture kind of device. And that has got these nails on the inside and they put it on her face and her brother gives the command and the executioner essentially takes this giant hammer and hammers it into her face. And that's what kills her.
0: Yeah. And you see blood spewing out and everything, which I agree with you for the sixties. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. It's an it's that's what actually, my first note on this movie was that's brutal as fuck for a sixties movie. <laughs> yes. You know.
0: Mask is cool as fuck though.
1: It is. It is. And I'm I'm not saying you couldn't find like those little kind of indie gems of violence sprinkled into right. these decades. But as far as mainstream goes, and this was more mainstream than a lot of films. Granted, it, you know, it released in Italy. It didn't have like a huge wide release in the United States at the time. But even for Italian film, that's pretty brutal.
0: Well, actually, it's even more so because I learned in my trivia uh, yet another thing going to give you all my trivia right now. This was only the third horror film during the sound era of Italian film. OK, that's it, it was only the third one because Mussolini banned the genre. So that's pretty brutal for only the third fucking film and not only that but one of the first
1: things you see is them actually branding her so you see them hammer something into her face brand her with a hot iron like this just and that's in the first like what two minutes of the film yeah
0: for a genre that wasn't even allowed to happen for a while he said
1: Mussolini get fucked because we're coming out the gate real fast (laughs) here you know so a lot of violence and she also had a basically a cohort, if you will, this other gentleman that I believe was also in her family, a cousin or another brother. I don't think it was her brother though. I don't remember off the top of my head, but another family member that was also in this deal with Satan with her that helped her out. He also got the mask to the face and she's also buried in this mask and they buried her in her family's tomb, which my first thing was like, oh, that's interesting. She's still, cause and a lot of
0: she's still allowed. Yeah,
1: that's what, exactly. That was what I was thinking. Like, but the one of the reasons that they did that was they left a window in her tomb for her always to be looking at the cross above her to basically keep her in her grave. Not that they couldn't have done that, but it's, you know, elsewhere, but it's very difficult to bury someone and also leave a window for them to look at a cross right, but- resting.
0: I know we wouldn't have this film if they did this, but I don't get it. If it rained one day, just burn her the next day. I don't fucking get it. Why do you have to bury her with this whole elaborate to-do?
1: I don't know. I mean, it said like everyone's scattered out of terror, but like also, you know, like you said, bury her looking at the cross and then drag her out and do it again. Maybe they thought, you know, if we ever drag her out again because we failed, then it'll take like two seconds for her to come back. I don't know.
0: Right. I have no
1: idea. But they didn't burn her, and that was a huge mistake. Because, like I said, her curse remains intact and is able to live on throughout the family. So after this whole thing, I, we cut to 200 years later. It's not 20. It's not two. It is two centuries later is what it says.
0: In Napoleonic times. There's actually a guy who talks about fighting with Napoleon. I'm like, that is so cool. You never hear about that shit in movies. I don't know why we just, like, give up on that time.
1: Yeah, I I don't know, but it's it's super it – I ne- honestly didn't really notice it that much, but that is really neat. Because mm-hmm. this is – it starts out in the 1630s, so yeah, that's when they, they do the thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they do the thing.
1: Yeah. So two centuries later, we have two professors. They're both doctors. We have – I think his name is
0: Kruvahan,
1: Dr. Kruvahan. Yeah,
0: I do not know. They are <laughs> – <laughs>
1: I think it's Kolma Kruvahan was his name, who's the older guy. And then Dr. Gorabek was the younger assistant.
0: The younger one and the older one. That's how I got him. Yep.
1: (laughs) yep. The old guy and the young guy. And they are (laughs) traveling through this area to a medical conference when basically one wheel on their carriage breaks. And their coachman is terrified of this area. And he's kind of also just like a sissy. Like, in general?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is. He doesn't
1: like to be around. Like, there's, like, an ancient crypt near them. And so, you know, he's, like, fixing the carriage. And they're like, okay, let's go explore. Because they are medical doctors. But also, in this era... If you were smart enough to be a medical doctor, you were pretty much kind of a jack of all trades in intellect, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: So you were trusted with a lot of things. And so they go and they are going to look through this tomb and they come across this witch's tomb and they fuck shit up, you know? Yeah. In the
0: dumbest way fucking possible. Oh my God. Yeah. So one of the doctors goes back outside because the coachman is, you know, asking for somebody to not leave him alone. So the younger doctor goes back outside, the older doctor stays in and he's just still looking at this witch through this glass. And he, that's where we learn that that's the cross, you know, and keeps her in there if she has to stare at it through the glass. So then this bat manifests and he just starts beating it with his cane. Okay. It is down at one point. You don't have to keep going at it, all right? But he keeps going at it and breaks the shit out of this cross and the glass and everything. So he lets it out because he's a dumbass with this fucking bat. Just leave. Just leave.
1: Yeah. They done broke the cross, keeping her there, took her mask off, and he bled on her. Yeah. Yeah, he cut himself with the glass from the window that they basically had for her to keep looking at the cross and her resting place. And we all know that if a supernatural being is dead and you bleed on their face, they coming back.
0: Yeah. Also, it's because he reaches in to grab her mask out. Why? You're so morbid and gross. What the fuck are you doing?
1: I, like, I want to see that rotting face.
0: <laughs> yes, except it's not. That's the creepy part. It basically hasn't rotted, still has skin. She doesn't have any eyes which comes into play. And I think that's that was really cool. When she starts coming back, you really see it through the eyes. Like, they start, like, pulsating in the sockets and stuff and growing. And I thought that was really neat, especially for the 60s. Yeah.
1: The special effects were actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Like, compare, you know, you can't compare things to now. But, like, especially for their time, they were pretty solid. Like, it didn't take you out of the movie at all, in my opinion. Uh-uh. Yeah. So while they are fucking with all that, and they do see a pretty preserved course, I mean, she's got some nasty ass maggots and stuff, but like, you know, who doesn't?
0: Yeah, exactly. After (laughs) 200 years, come (laughs) on. Right.
1: So they go back outside and they meet this woman named Katya. And Katya, wow, she's stunning, you know, like. She is.
0: But she also looks exactly like the witch we saw right in the beginning. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun.
1: At first, I thought it was the witch. And she just, yes. like, boom, straight from she hell. She was
0: back. Exactly. That's what I thought, too. Because
1: I was like, oh, and she's got Satan's dogs. Because
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Like, Satan sent her straight back up. All she needed was a little bit of blood, that mask off, and that cross broken. Boom. We're back.
0: Exactly. Because she's standing there with her two big Dobermans. And you know those are always used as, like, hellhound-type things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: But nope, this is, her name is Katya, and she is actually, I believe, a 21-year-old, basically just descendant of this witch. And it's the same family that has lived in this same home near this crypt for over 200 years. And now this is a cursed family. She doesn't necessarily acknowledge that. Her father that we meet later is the one that's all freaked out about this curse.
0: Oh, yeah. As he
1: should be you know
0: yeah
1: so the younger doctor is like totally taken with her obviously like and she is she's just like a a beautiful like gothic fantasy and i don't mean like you know but she's got that beautiful black hair and that long black Mm -hmm. dress and she lives in that spooky castle and it's just and she's a
0: princess yeah
1: oh yeah it's it's the shit man
0: yeah, it, that's what he calls her the whole time, which I find interesting because you know she gives like her name, but he won't call her anything but princess.
1: Mm. And he's enamored with princess. You know, every you know yeah. why every, <laughs> everyone would be you know like prince or princess. Like oh yeah, right, like yeah, I'm gonna
0: <laughs> let me get in
1: with that. So when they meet her, she basically says that the only thing she really tells them is that she lives with her father and brother in a nearby castle. That the villagers believe is haunted. And I think she also says that her father just will not come do maintenance on that crypt. Like he won't come near it. Right. And also the younger doctor says that she looks very sad. But, you know, she, it just looks, I don't know. I guess that might be a play to the witch because, you know, Mm -hmm. she looks just like her.
0: Yeah. Which is a comment that we get when the witch does come back eventually is that you've always been sad. You've always been expecting this. Every time you looked at that picture, you knew I was coming back for you. So I feel like that was like his little nod to, hey, look, she looks sad.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so basically they are headed to the inn in this little village to stay the night before their medical conference and they leave her and head there. And then the, his blood is bringing Asa, who is the witch, back to life. And she contacts her little henchman, basically telepathically, and ra- raises him from his grave. Because he's just buried, like, in the cemetery. He didn't get, like, a crypt, you know?
0: Yeah. and He has a a cross, but it's he doesn't have, like, a little window. So it's like, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. No, they didn't really care that much about him. Mm-hmm. I guess she was doing all the magic and without her he's irrelevant so as long as they can keep her down <laughs> right. he doesn't matter but you know they failed so they right. both coming back so he comes up now he has to wake up i thought well, this had to feel terrible he has to get out the grave with that thing nailed to his face
0: oh my god and not see like it has eye holes but I don't think that the executioners really cared about making sure that you could see through them before they slammed it in your head. So
1: yeah, it's like
0: walking around like a zombie basically. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure once you smash all the orbits around your eyes, it doesn't matter at that point. Anyways.
0: Yeah, Fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't going to be able
1: to <laughs> see much. The True. Eyeballs are going to do something. They're not supposed to at that point. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. But he rises from the grave and he goes to the castle and, the father, so we have Katia and her brother, Constantine, is what they call him. It's spelled Constantine, but it's Constantine. And so we have Katia, Constantine, and their father. And then they also have a butler, basically. And the father, the butler. The butler. <laughs> Butler's actually cool. Nothing, ha- Nothing sketchy with him. You know, sometimes you think that he also wants to, like, rise these people from the grave. But no, no, he doesn't. He's just chilling. So we have them. This particular night, you know, we cut back to the castle. Everything is as normal. And is playing the piano. Brother's cleaning guns. And the father's just sitting by the fire getting all spooked. Now, I would... <laughs> Like I mentioned in the beginning, he's sitting in front of his fireplace that just has these gargoyles on either side. The back of it has this dragon. Like, oh, That's the aesthetic the right there. Fireplace. Oh my exactly. God. Exactly. Yeah. Super neat. I would like to buy a castle.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. So they are just doing normal things, but the father and Katya be, come convinced that the portrait of the witch so again she's their family so they have a portrait of her hanging in like their family room their sitting room basically which if you are so terrified of her take it down
0: right i don't get that is that part of the fucking curse you have to leave it up or some shit
1: i don't know maybe it's like a if it does something sketchy it's a warning because they do think it moves
0: that's true that's true
1: That's the only thing I can think of because they are literally terrified. Katia has always been scared of it. And then he gets like convinced that it moves. And now he is just paralyzed with fear because he knows it's like the 200th mark of when they did this to her. And he tells the butler like shit's going to happen because 100 years ago shit happened, you know. Right. So he's terrified. And. The butler just tells him, he sends his kids off to bed. He's like, Y'all just go to bed, it's fine, whatever. He's trying to keep them, you know, from catastrophizing. And the butler tells him, just keep a crucifix or a cross on you, because you know, Satan, just like vampires, like anything associated with Satan, which she is associated with Satan, they can't stand the, you know, the good sign of the Christ above, like basically is what he's saying.
0: Which makes sense. We had her, you know, pinned down with that cross on her coffin. So, okay. Okay.
1: Exactly. So, whatever. Gotcha. So, he decides that that's what he's going to do. And, but we also have, remember, her little henchman headed to the castle. Yes. So, he basically does all the heavy lifting and a lot of the dirty work. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, she's kind of pinned down still like we see her a few times and she's she can't really move like her body's coming back, but she doesn't really move. She just lays in that same coffin.
1: Yeah, she doesn't have any strength yet. So she has to basically what we're getting at here. She has to basically take Katia's life force. Yeah. And in order to do that has to actually physically get Katia to the crypt. So that's what their their whole mission is here. And The father is so terrified, like he is so petrified with fear that eventually they go to get the doctor. But, 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 the little henchman guy gets into the castle and basically it doesn't matter because he gets (laughs) murked. Right. So now we have the older doctor in the castle with the family. And who he, is
0: now like another henchman,
1: correct? Because he initially goes and says he's just in shock, you know, I'll stay the night and make sure nothing happens. But in the time that he's in the castle, he also gets hypnotized by the witch's henchmen. So then he be- basically becomes minion number two. So now we have two of her henchmen, the older doctor and then the original guy, just slinking around doing, yep. doing her business. While the younger guy got really drunk at the inn and (laughs) couldn't, he was like, why didn't the doctor get me? And it's like, well, one, you were really wasted. And two, the person that went to get him was actually her little lackey, the witch's lackey. So he had already done everything he needed to do by the time they got back to the castle.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Now, I want to go, this this really isn't important at all. I just want to bring it up basically to bitch, I guess, for a second. I want to bring it back because there's a girl. So at the inn that we're staying at, we see mom and daughter fight over. Somebody has to go milk the cow. So this daughter goes out into the woods and she talks about how scared she is because it's over by the cemetery, through the you know deep dark woods type thing, and she doesn't want to go and it's stormy and creepy and you know it's nighttime and I-, I get that. but my question is why the fuck is your one lone cow out by the cemetery? Are there no other stables that you can find places for nearby?
1: Yeah, they're like,, mm, first of all, I want you to be terrified every time you go out here and <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck that cow. <laughs>
0: also that that poor little cow sitting out there all by themselves that's terrible
1: yeah yeah i don't know but that poor little girl (laughs) like a storm came and then that basically zombie dude popped out of the ground (laughs) just like right next to her she had every reason to be terrified
0: right and then you're like oh god he's gonna kill her he's gonna kill her he's gonna kill her he does not no like she survives but i'm like oh god this is gonna be so bad that poor cow
1: yeah yeah so they bring, so ja- I cannot say his name. I keep just calling him the henchman because his name is hard. It's like Java. T- it's I can't say it. It's got too many V's uh-huh. and a, like aui can't, I can't, I'm sorry. The, um, henchman. <laughs> the henchman. Yeah. Takes the older doctor who is now basically under their spell to the crypt and the witch hypnotizes the doctor and says she needs the rest of his blood because just a little bit of his blood, did a lot. So she needs the rest of it. And like kisses him, turning him into her servant. And by that command, he follows up on the request to basically go up to kill the father. Yeah. so Yeah. And then he also orders the crucifix removed from the room because he's like, it'll just upset him more before he like kills him completely. So right. that allows them to come back and murder him later.
0: Dumb, dum dum dumb.
1: So now we are on to our next mission, which is to drain Katya of her life since Katya is physically her reincarnated. So this family just gets a version of Katya like every generation because that was part of the thing. Like she wants to come back. That's part of the curse. So she just gets one of herself, but they have their own consciousness and lives. You know, that's why they look just like her. And the family's kind of aware of that, you know, because the dad even said before he died, like, she's her spitting image and dead at all this stuff. So they kind of know that. But also, like I said, they do. Like, Katya has just this weird tie to her and she feels really sketched out by her painting and stuff. But it's like she also still has her own life and dreams and aspiration. And she Mm -hmm. doesn't feel witchy. She wears a cross around her neck. Right. So... The younger doctor is like why the fuck did he abandon like one me and then two he gets there because he figures out where he went and then they're like he just fucking left like this guy died and he's nowhere to be found he abandoned us and the whole village just is fucking running to this castle because shit's happening and they know it you know somebody mm-hmm. turns up dead I think <laughs> yeah just like in a river yes. I don't know who that was though.
0: I I don't remember who it was either. The the real coachman.
1: It was you, right? So the real right. coachman, they had to kill him, and the townspeople found him. So the village all runs up to the doctor and is like, "Hey, man, we found this guy dead. There's shit going on." <laughs> and so the younger doctor questions the little girl who went to milk the cow who saw the henchman, like, take this the older doctor to the castle, and she identifies him by his painting on the wall from 200 years earlier. So they're all like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> so it should be coming back. Yeah. And luckily this is the time when, when they hear stuff like that, even the doctor who even says, he's like, I do believe in science, but let's go get the priest.
0: <laughs> right. Like
1: we got to go get the father. Cause <laughs> I ain't doing this. Which is smart because, you know, we're not dealing with sickness here. We don't do that anymore. I mean, which is fair. I mean, usually it's not that kind of stuff. But this is the time where they're like, which all the time. Yeah.
0: But I, I do like when they do that, like in The Exorcist, when they go through all this stuff and then they're finally like, what about religion?
1: <laughs> right. I love
0: when they finally bring that stuff in as doctors because, first of all, you know what's bad. <laughs> Second of all, it's nice to see people who are open minded to that stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, they do like thing. I think they do an autopsy even with the the priest. And he even talks about like, man, like, I just can't find a logical reason for this. Like, it's got to be something else, you know?
0: Right. There,
1: it just doesn't make any sense. And so then he turns to the priest. And so the priest and the younger doctor go to the grave site where the henchman busted out and they find the older doctor's body inside the coffin and realize Mm -hmm. he's now one of them and they kill him by driving a nail through his eye
0: yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) all these nails just driven into people's faces i don't know if that was just like a thing that they did or if that was for the movie but that's brutal
0: I couldn't. I wanted to know too because I wanted to know if like that mask was a real thing or that window crucifix, if that was like a real thing. I couldn't find anything on it except for this movie, but wow, would have that, that would have been an interesting cultural thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cause, cause you know, a lot of like the medieval torture devices you see, I mean, I'm, I feel like we talked about this, but some of them weren't actually used, you know? Yeah, actually,
0: most of them weren't actually used. They were just, to you know hey i'm going to use this on you don't make me and somebody would be like don't fucking use that on me and they do this most of them i'm sure there were plenty that were used but
1: yeah so i'm wondering maybe if it was one of them and then they utilized it for the film you know
0: right like maybe there was a mask out there that they found that'd be cool yeah
1: yeah so I mean, it is
0: kind of like an iron maiden just, just yeah the just face for the face yeah. right
1: not for the whole body. I don't know. I wonder how quickly you die, though. I mean, I don't think you do.
0: She was breathing for a while. That was so I was like, no.
1: Yeah, I saw that. Like when the opening credits started, she was still breathing before they burned her. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's brutal.
1: Mm -hmm. So now we are basically understanding what's happening. And we fucked everything up because the (laughs) witch is now doing her shit and we are have to get to katya now there's been things happening in between like katya sees someone come into her room and try to nab her and she passes out a lot
0: yes i hate that god i hate that you You can't tell me that everybody would do this you she doesn't even look like she's wearing those tight fucking corsets that people used to wear and make them pass out so what the fuck
1: no she's just weak (laughs)
0: she's just a woman and she's got to pass out
1: She's just got so many men to take care of her that, you know, it's just part of the romance of it all. She passes out and he's always there to pick her up, you know. Right. So, they have to, they realize that she is in danger. So, the brother and the younger doctor are like, we have to get to Katya because they're going to take Katya to the witch. And they are figuring all, they're putting all the pieces together. But Constantine basically goes to her father. And her father is coming back as one of the undead. So this kind of is a zombie situation. They had come back. Yeah. And she goes to her father's side. Because she's talking to her dead father's body. And like as not like in a weird way. But just like as a. She you misses know. him. And yeah. It's sad. Yeah. And he comes back and is like I'm not your father anymore. We share no blood. And he's going to try to get her. But she passes out. And the. Basically, Asa's henchman comes in and takes her. And so now we have the younger doctor and Constantine have to go try to get her. But now we have to fight off the henchman because he does get Katya to Asa. Now, Constantine gets thrown into a pit that just opens up in the floor of this tomb. I'm assuming that's where they throw bodies that don't, are not worthy of a tomb but yeah, I just
0: it's got a bunch of spikes in it and shit so I don't know probably like another torture device
1: it's some sort of death pit
0: yeah yeah gross
1: yep so he gets yeeted down there and we don't see him again for a little while but we do see him again and so now we have to rely on the younger doctor to get her who is distracted at the moment so asa is draining katya of you could actually see one of the effects is katya is getting older and older and older her face is starting to change which actually was done really well
0: i thought it was done so subtly for a second i was like wait she looks really old there has she always looked that old like wow they did a makeup job makeup department did a bad job and then like yeah she gets older and older and i'm like oh
1: her youth is dwindling yeah so the witch goes to take her blood and the crucifix around Katya's neck keeps her away. So when the younger doctor enters the crypt to save Katya, he is attacked by the henchman and pushes him to the edge of the death pit. But that's when Constantine comes back up and he uses the last of his strength to thwart the henchman into the pit. And the last thing he says is save Katya or something like that. And then he just bleh. It's like one of those very dramatic, (laughs) like, you know, he says his last sentence and then he's like, "Eh."
0: "Exactly." it's,
1: it's it's very drama, you know, it it, it wasn't like, it wasn't laughing, but now it's kind of funny talking about it because it is very much one of those moments. That's yeah. Yeah. So he finds he, the younger doctor now with the henchman being dead. And unfortunately, poor Katya's whole family just wiped gone. Oh yeah, man. So finds Asa and Katya. Asa pretends to be Katya and almost convinces the younger doctor to burn Katya because the villagers are coming for her because they know the witch is back. So one of them's getting burned tonight.
0: Yeah. And stick that thing in her eye. Ugh.
1: Yes. And they look exactly the same.
0: Yes. So, except
1: one thing. Why?
0: Why would one, why would the witch have a cross on? That's weird.
1: Right. So when he, he figures it out, he's very smart. He looks at the person laying on the tomb and sees that it has the cross necklace on and basically calls out the witch for not being Katya or for, yeah, for not being her. And that's when she does this whole like, monologue basically
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they figure it out and she opens her robe and she has she only has a face because she hasn't completed everything she needs to complete to completely transform into Katya and she just has this like skeleton frame that's got this these bugs and nastiness like
0: yeah, like an open rib cage so cool yeah. it's icky. so cool
1: So then the priest arrives with the torch-carrying villagers, and they burn Asa to death. So what they couldn't do 200 years ago, they complete now. They do burn her to death. And once that happens, Katya awakes, and she has her life and her youth back, and she now has her young doctor, but no family. So, you know.
0: Right. But the young doctor and the princess now have a castle to themselves. That's exciting.
1: That's true. It's a. (laughs) It's a nice castle too. (laughs) if it's any consolation, it's a nice ass castle, which, you know, that's sad, though, because like she already knew about her dad, but then she just wakes up to her brother being dead.
0: Yeah, like that's That's a surprise. Exactly. That's what I thought when Constantine died. I was like, oh, she's going to wake up and have nobody. That's so sad.
1: Yeah, except this. And he's also still a stranger. They've only known each other for like a day.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Like, you know that they'll they'll, like get married. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. Of
1: course. But yeah, still, it's still real sad. But, you know, like you said, pretty gothic castle, and now there's no witch. So, you know, she'll get over it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. We are out. Now the rest of the generations get to live and not have this curse over their heads. Yay
1: that's true. They did break this whole curse. So now they can have kids and not have to worry, you know, because mm-hmm. she'll probably be pregnant by tomorrow.
0: Right. Exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I had a really good time with this movie and it was like time for And I know this wasn't like an old, old movie, but it had that feel and mm-hmm. it was from the sixties and we haven't watched anything. I guess that in that decade realm for a while, unless I'm forgetting yeah. something. So I I really enjoyed this. And again, it's on Shudder if you want to stream it. I think you can also rent it on Amazon Prime for like two or three dollars. But I really enjoyed it. And I would really recommend this film. So four out of five for me for sure.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I loved it. I agree with you. I needed this. I needed this in my life. And I'm loving I try to put on like a couple black and white movies every year for us because I just I thrive in them. And yeah, four out of five. This one was great. I'm glad to finally have watched it. It was really good.
1: Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for this review of Black Sunday. You can find us on all of our social medias at the Extra Sisters podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is at the Extra Sisters. And if you would like to join our little Patreon family for some extra content, we are thinking about working on a little extra series over there. Got that rolling around in the brain, depending on how the response is to something, something coming up. (laughs)
0: Something, something. Something, something. So
1: if you'd like to join our Patreon family, it's patreon.com slash the Extra Sisters podcast. We'd love to see you over there. And Thank you so much to our patrons for your support.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much. And next time, do you want to meet a ghost? Till then, stay creepy.